Most of the time, we review books that we really like here on The Book Boys. Other times, we review books that stink. And when a book really stinks, we get fussy. So this is a warning that sometimes we'll swear on this podcast, or sometimes the material that we're reviewing will be adult in nature. So keep that in mind as you listen to this week's episode. Ben! How are you doing, buddy? How's life? It's great. Just great. I guess we'll just wrap it up then. That was... That was perfect. Thanks. Well, guess who gave notice that they're leaving my company? You? No, my boss. Oh, God damn. Really? Your boss? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one that's trying to keep you there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's flipping amazing. <laughs> yeah. What? And even, even when she told me, she told me on Tuesday that she had... Um, put in her resignation and even then she's still telling me like well this doesn't mean you should leave though oh my god she's the worst i uh, to be fair though like on a human level she's leaving because she has some uh, family health things so um i feel bad for her on that level but but yeah the rest of it's ridiculous no all right fine uh, well, then I guess that's acceptable. I thought maybe she found something better and just like for some reason has it out for you and is just trying to get you to stay there and make you suffer. Uh, no, I don't know. That's yeah. Anyway, so that'll make my I mean, I'm not going to be there much longer as it is, but that'll make the limited time then there. Yeah, slightly true. less unpleasant. So that's good. Yeah, that won't be bad. Well, are they already going to hire somebody? Are they talking about that? Like, is she going to be gone and then? Um, the talk right is in. they're actually not going to backfill her position and just everyone's got to chip in a little bit more, apparently. So isn't she like a manager, like manages all the junk? Oh, yeah, she's she's the director. So, oh, OK, but there's a lot of uh, title inflation there. So there's a ton of directors. There are hardly any managers. Um, oh. So basically a, a manager at any other company is called the director at my company. OK, um, but yeah, it sounds like they're not going to fill it and I'm just going to have a different boss than an existing one probably, but we're not sure. We'll see. Oh, sweet. I'm, I'm looking, I have an interview tomorrow, so I think oh, something you? will happen soon. Yeah. So well, congratulations. I hope it works out for you, Ben. I know my goal now is I, I just want to be able to quit in time so I can give my boss my notice. And <laughs> yeah, I, so I tell her before she leaves that I'm also leaving. I love that. It's like, you're just, you want that so badly that the next, like your job interview tomorrow, you're just like, I, I will literally work for $20. <laughs> I just want to be able to have this moment. I don't care what you pay me. <laughs> not, not even $20 an hour, just $20. Just $20. <laughs> Well, congratulations. Uh, I hope the interview works out. Um, offline, you should let me know what time the interview's at so I can sit here in my home and focus all my energies towards you. You should also tell me the location that the interview you're having so I can turn in that direction and then hopefully uh, vibrate my positive vibes towards you. If you get a small headache, that's normal during the interview. But I'm Yeah, it's at noon and it's on the phone, so. Oh. Whew, well, that makes things complicated. I'll try my best. Okay. Anything else going on with your week, Ben? Um, get my first jab tomorrow. Oh, whoa, whoa. Let me know how it goes. I got my first jab, uh, and I wound up getting hot in the face. Uh, underneath my skin, it started burning and itching for about five or ten minutes. Then it went away. Uh, that could be jab, or it could be uh, maybe you're starting menopause. 
Oh, well, there's always that, too. I am a complicated, multifaceted person. Uh, they told me it's because I didn't eat anything. Uh, that's well, the first you gotta qu- eat. Glenn, you gotta eat. I do eat, but I didn't think, like, it was so early in the morning when I got it. I was just like, I don't have time to sit down here and eat, so I'm just gonna go, and then I'll come back home. And they told you you gotta eat. That's the first question they asked me. So, uh, I'm gonna make sure for my next one, which is coming up on, like, the 22nd, uh, that so, I'm wait, eat. wait, wait. That's the first question they asked you. So, they asked you, did you eat? You said no, and they're just like, well, this is gonna suck for you then. Or what? No, it was, well, so what they do is they give you a jab, and then... Okay. You're fine. And then you they, they stick it right in the muscle, too. That's the reason why everyone complains about having a sore muscle or whatever afterwards, because it, it just goes straight into your muscle. There's no at an angle trying to get it in a vein. It's just straight in the arm. And yeah, then, I've, I've had shots before. I know how it works. Okay. Well, everyone's making such a big deal out of, like, oh, my arm was so sore. But when I Yeah, because ha- these are probably people who don't get a fucking flu shot every year. and they're, yeah, That's so what I'm wondering, because I get a flu shot every year, and I'm like, well, it hurts for, like, a day, but not yeah. crazy. It's not like you're crying or something. It's just kind of sore. Yeah. But anyways, uh, after that, uh, then they sit you out in a kind of a waiting room for 15 minutes after you yep. got your shot. And you have to. And there's like a person sitting in the front staring at everyone. And for some reason, that kind of was like freaking me out a little bit. I was like, oh, there's a person just staring at me. Well, I hope nothing's going to happen. And then I sat there on my phone doing stuff. And I'm like, well, do I feel a little weird in the mouth? I don't know. It's probably just because this person's staring at me and now I'm all self-conscious. And so that went on for a while, and then I actually started to feel, like, burning and itching underneath my skin on my face, and I thought, eh, that's a little weird, and I waited it out, but then all of a sudden, inside my nostrils, it's like when you suck on a halls, where it's like, you can feel it okay. when you breathe in and breathe out, except instead of that cool, refreshing feeling, it was itching and burning all down my nostrils. And I was like, <laughs> and I know, and I go, ah, oh, Christ, I hope this is whatever. So I waited a little bit longer and it wasn't going away. So finally I went up to the person that was sitting up front and I said, yeah, I'm kind of itching and burning in my face and my nostrils. I don't know if it's anything to worry about, but just keep an eye on me. And then she called over the nurse and the nurse took me into a room and then they had to like take your vitals. And I was just like, this is embarrassing. And then while they're sitting there taking my blood pressure, it started to go away. And I was just like, Ugh. now I'm in a spot where I got to decide if I'm going to lie and say it's getting worse or just tell the truth and say it's gone now, which I did. And then they, wait, why, Hmm. Why would you consider lying? Why, well, because they, they already had nurses pulling me into a room, taking my temperature, doing my blood pressure, all that kind of stuff, checking my eyes and stuff, trying to see if I'm getting puffy in the face. And I'm like, this is a lot but of attention. P- p- puffier, you mean. Oh, you son of a bitch. Anyways, so yeah, I told the truth. I said, yeah, it's done. And they said, you got to wait another 15 minutes. And I said, ah, oh, God damn it. And so then I sat there waiting and then I got to go home. And then it was fine. Nothing after that. So you got to tell me if anything happens to you. Somebody else I know said that they started sweating and like got a burning feeling and then got like a fever that lasted for uh, the rest of the day. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're coming to my, my office to do it. The, my company got high V to come and administer all these. So oh, well, well. I, uh, I intentionally scheduled mine early in the morning in the hopes that I would have a reaction. So I'd have to go home for the rest of the day. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. Oh, wow. Well, nice. Nice. I'm surprised that your boss, your Trump-loving boss, uh, actually is even acknowledging that the vaccine works. <laughs> that he's actually getting it for all the uh, employees. Well, I'm sure it's something he really struggled with because, yeah, on the one hand, he's he's the person that he is. But on the other hand, got to make sure people are able to come into the office every day no matter what. So yeah, true. Just, to that end, I mean, it's useful. So, yeah, but I'm sure it's something he struggled with. So 
Yeah, I'm sure he's probably got like somebody, an aide or something talking to him saying, just get everyone the vaccine and then they don't have to worry about it. And he's like, no, because this the, the virus isn't real. And the vaccine is just uh, George Soros or whatever their excuses are. Bill Gates is yeah. the microchips. And then uh, the age is like, just give the babies their bottle. And then they'll be in here every day just like you want them to be. And that's probably what won them over. And then he's, his retort is probably, well, they've been in here every day without the <laughs> vaccine. So. Exactly. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, well, that fantasy died. Uh, anything else yeah. going on for you besides getting your shot? Uh, no, that's about it. I mean, this is weird. You and I just talked a week ago. Usually it's two weeks. Yeah, between episodes, longer, and know. we don't have much to talk about. So, of yeah. course, we're not going to have much to talk about for one week. Uh, I think I said my dryer died, so I've been hanging all my clothes like a homeless person in my house. Yeah, I thought you were getting a new one, though. Are you not? Uh, it's getting repaired. So this oh, Tuesday okay. they're coming. So I'm still. Uh, I found that the worst thing in the world when you drip dry your own clothes, they just wind up being very uh, stiff and wrinkly and weird and it sucks so all my clothes look weird like I've slept in them and my kids are complaining that all their clothes just seem stiff and weird from drip dry well do you have a do you have an iron I'm not gonna iron their sweatpants and t-shirts or my sweatpants and t-shirts for that matter well then again I would go back to my question of why you don't why why'd you put up the clothesline in the basement and not outside then it's been raining every day have you not noticed how cold and rainy it's been since we last talked about it (laughs) I, I guess I don't know. Yeah. Hanging yeah, up the clothesline right. is the best thing I've ever done. I even said it to myself as I took down each starchy, completely flat, cardboard-like T-shirt. I said, this is the best thing I've ever done. But see, I think if you, weather permitting, if you do it outside, then the gentle breeze will, <laughs> you know. Well, it'd be like the, the tumble motion of the dryer. It, it, will, it won't result in such weird-looking clothes. I think, I think that's part of the advantage of hanging them outside instead of in your basement yeah yeah but there's bees well move on uh what wait wait that bees is that what you said oh yeah bees hide in your clothes and then when you put on the shirt they stab you it's completely normal you probably didn't grow up in a world where people hung their clothes outside i am seven years older than you so i have experienced a life of bees under your your t-shirts when you put them on beyond that Bullshit, uh, you have not. You're so full of shit. Have you? <laughs> no. 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 Uh, no, no, we're not just letting that. No, we're not yeah, accepting that. Let's just let that one go. Uh, otherwise, nothing else. Um, dieting, working great. Just a great success story for me. Oh, I got a callback from that job uh, that the, I think I edited it out of the last episode because I was rambling on too long. So okay. old co-worker's husband, nice enough to try and line me up with this uh, position, vaguely connected to what I did before. But then I found out all the systems they're using and everything else. I'm like, I don't know any of this stuff and I'm not going to be, I'm not qualified at all to do it. So I didn't find that out until like a day before the interview. And I realized I either, I guess I'm going to have to throw this interview. It's like kind of last minute to cancel. So I'll just sort of guide them towards talking about the position and then I'll say, oh, there's a misunderstanding. I don't think I'm very qualified for this, but thanks for the opportunity and good luck looking for a new whatever. But instead, they did what they always do, which is I said, well, why don't you tell me about the position? They go, well, why don't you tell us about how you're qualified? (laughs) I was like, god damn it. So I had to sit there and talk about my work history and whatever and then gently lead them towards my conclusion. And I thought, okay, that's it. Because the interview ended with it was two people, the husband... Uh, who is being very nice, and then this other person who is quiet the whole time. And at one point on the phone call, the husband says to the other guy, 
uh, do you got any questions for Glenn? And the guy just said, no. And I was like, aha, I blew it. Uh, success. And so I thought, okay, well, that's awkward, but all right, you know, let's move on. And then I got a call uh, from the place saying, yeah, we'd like to line you up another interview where you meet the whole team. And it's like 10 people. It's like a round table. Oh, wow. And they all interview you and ask you a bunch of qualifications. And I'm like, I am so not qualified. So I just told the guy, yeah, I got the job description like a day before the interview and I realized I wasn't qualified. So I'm not interested, but thank you. And then I got a another call from him later trying to talk me into it. And I'm like, you got to back the fuck down. I don't want the job. And so I'm still unemployed. Uh, do you not want the job or you just don't think you're qualified? Are you just not? Oh, I'm not qualified and I don't want the job because if I got the job, I'm not qualified. And so I'd just be stressed out the whole time trying to power learn everything as fast as humanly possible and not mess anything up. So it would be a horrible situation if I took it because I'm genuinely not qualified. I just don't know anything about the systems they use. Anyways, uh, beyond that, watching Marvel movies with my daughter. That sounds terrible. Yeah, uh, she really likes Spider-Man. And the Spider-Man movies aren't bad. Like, she wanted to start watching them, so we watched them. Tobey Maguire, all the way through Andrew Garfield, and now uh, the latest ones with Tom Holland. And they're not bad. But then she wanted to get into the other Marvel movies, and I'm not enjoying those at all. So that's it. I got nothing else. I'm all done. Okay. That's fine. You don't need anything else. Well, should we move on to uh, Backyard Blast Burblur? Yes. Did you just take a swig of something before you answered? No. Did you swallow really hard? Yes. All right. Backyard Blast Bird Blurb. Uh, What has Gretchen got for us this week? Gretchen's Backyard Blast Bird Blurb. Yeah, I just said a that. A common what? I just said that. Why are you repeat? Why are you saying? Do you because want to be it's the in one? the text? I just I read the text verbatim. Okay, so she cat like she puts at the beginning of her text the title of her segment. <laughs> yes, because you know sometimes it's not the bird rub. She you know goes rogue sometimes. So I have oh. to do we? You know. Why can't she shorten it and just say like in all caps bird shot and then whatever it is that you're supposed to read? Are you giving my mom notes? No, don't. She knows what she's doing. Okay, she's the star <laughs> of the show. Don't, don't give her notes. She is a star of the show, and you're a great friend of the show. All right, go on. Gretchen's backyard blast bird blurb. A common waterfowl everywhere in Minnesota during the summer is the American coot, also <laughs> called a mud hen. They are gray to black all over, with a white bill and red eyes. They are excellent swimmers and divers, and are often seen in large flocks on open water. Not a duck, as they don't have webbed feet, but instead have large lobed toes. Mm. When taking off, they scramble across the surface of the water while flapping their wings. They bob their head while swimming. Mm. Their floating nests are anchored to the vegetation in the water. (laughs) And then she gave me a link to... Oh, is it the sound or is it you got to do it with your mouth? I don't know. There's a link in here. And what's it called again? That's a mud hen or a what? A coon? Holy shit. Okay. Those are weird feet. She gave me a link to an image and this, uh, yeah, this thing has weird feet. Well, buddy link it to me. I want to see the weird feet. Yeah, you'll see it on the Instagram post for this, for this episode. I got to wait till the Instagram post. Yeah, I think so. No, for Christ's sake. I'm on the show. And we appreciate you for that. (laughs) God damn it. Fine. 
Knock, knock. Uh, who's there? Doris. <laughs> Doris who? Doris locked. That's why I'm knocking. Oh, no, oh, well, that's a clever little play on words. I imagine yeah. there's probably another one. Knock, knock. Who's there? Butter. Butter who? Butter not tell you. <laughs> knock, knock. Oh, God damn it. Three? Knock, knock. <laughs> oh, damn it. You got the two knock, knock. Who's there? Nana. Nana who? Nana your business. <laughs> I like the butter one better. <laughs> I mean, why would you knock on somebody's door just to say, None of your I'm not business. telling you who I am? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you knocked on my door, buddy. You better tell me who you are. Yeah, both of the butter one and the other one. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's both Nana experiences that are that are, uh, that are unnerving. If someone knocks yeah, on the door I, and I say who's there, and they just go, just open the door. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the first one makes sense. Like, the door is locked. So, of course, you're going to knock. But yeah. These other two, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Well, those are fun. Uh, yep. Let's move on to the next segment. Uh, oh, I want to say Backyard Blast New Books for Teens, but it's What's Up? New Books for Teens that Slap. Woo! Ugh. Uh, what's up, teens? Let's slap some books. Uh, this week, we're going to review What's Not to Love by Austin Sigmund Broca and Emily Wibberly. That's a delightful last name. You know, when somebody has a hyphenated last name, I don't think you say dash. What am I supposed to say? Just the two words. Just the two words. Hold on. Oh, the cat's going to ruin my entire setup. Oh, God. There we go. I uh, so uh, one thing I left out of my weekly thing: the mice are back in the basement. Oh wait, why did you leave that out? We got to talk know. about this. It's just for some reason uh, I didn't add that in. I don't know why, but uh, the mice are back, so I've caught two of them already, and that makes me kind of grossed out. I need to have a week where I don't see any mice in traps, and so uh, I'm back up in the bedroom with pillows lined everywhere around me right now, and my cat decided to jump up and start rubbing against the pillows, and the whole house. It, of cars, shouldn't the cat be hunting the mice? Well, I'd have to leave the door open to let him go down there, and I don't want to do that. Because then I just, my imagination runs away with uh, the idea of mice creeping up and coming into my kitchen. So, no. So the whole house of cards of uh, couch pillows well, come crashing down on my microphone and me. Put put the cat on the in the basement and shut the door. <laughs> and tell the cat it's not getting out of the basement until all the mice are dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the idea that it's just like, the cat's got a little journal and it's like, Day four. <laughs> he, he slides food down the basement steps to me. Let's review what's... Uh, well, no, wait, 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 back up. Why would you slide food down? If the cat wants to eat, it can eat the mice. And then once all the mice are dead, then you let it up. Like, well, you shouldn't be sliding food down. That's just going to make the mouse lazy. That's like cat welfare. Or it's going to make the cat lazy. <laughs> it's just, he's scratching at the door. I'm like, you go catch your food, you welfare queen. Now, uh, how would I know? If he's successful, he'll just starve to death. And I wouldn't, uh, if I can't open the door or crack to check on him, he'll come running through. So I have to slide the food down the steps, let it tumble down the steps, and then let him lick it all off. Can we review the book now? About what's not to love. Well, yeah, yeah, let's, well, the, the, the backup. So again, the, the person has a hyphenated last name. You don't say dash in between the two names. You just say the two names. Is, is that what you do? <laughs> 
<laughs> Sometimes. No one's ever corrected me before. <laughs> I don't know why this is wow. a problem. About what's not to love. Just sounds weird. Like, nobody does that. In the game of love, there's always room for extra credit. Uh, and enemies to lovers, YA rom-com filled with the perfect banter, nerdy drama, and heart-pounding romance. Perfect for fans of Morgan Madsen, Emma, Emma Lord, and Sandhya, Sandhya Menon. Well, I ruined that one. Since high school began, <laughs> Allison Sander and Ethan Malloy have competed on almost everything. AP classes, the school paper, community service. It never ends. If Allison could avoid Ethan until graduation, she would. Except, naturally, two overachieving seniors with their sights on valedictorian. Wait, wait. So so there, when it said overachieving, why didn't you say over-achieving? Well, I also didn't say an enemies-2-lovers-yarom-com earlier, because I learned yeah. from you. You told okay. me the rules, and now I moved on. Okay, good. This is... Help you. Well, uh, Harvard, they all they share all the same classes and extracurriculars, so when their school's principal assigns them the task of co-planning a previous <laughs> class's 10-year reunion... With the promise of the recommendation for Harvard, if they do, Ethan and Allison are willing to endure one more activity together. If it means beating the other out of the lead. Why do I feel like that did not have a period for the longest time in that sentence? Because uh, it didn't, and it didn't have a comma either. It's like someone had a stroke and just started spitting out words. Uh, but with all this extra time spent in each other's company, their rivalry begins to feel closer to friendship. And as tension between them builds... Allison fights the growing realization that the only thing she wants more than winning ellipses is Ethan. <laughs> uh, so but instead of ellipses, you're going to say period, period, period. Yeah, or is dot, Ethan. dot, dot. Uh, my other podcast, whenever I am reading and I'm kind of getting bored, I'll do stuff like if there's an exclamation point, I'll say the word exclamation point or dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Okay, so, well, I guess that makes the whole dash thing more understandable then. You're just used to naming... Um, well, I did do that, but now I guess I'm not. What's Not to Love by Austin <laughs> Sigmund Bokra, Broca uh, and Emily Wibberly, which I love that last name. Uh, that's that coming out April Wibberly. 20th, uh, and uh, it'll be in hardcover at Books A Million. Woo! And Bookshop.org. Anything you want to say about Bookshop.org, Ben? Well, I mean, what's what can we say that hasn't been said already? I mean, we all know bookshop.org is on a mission to financially support <laughs> local independent booksellers. Mm-hmm. Head over to bookshop.org slash shop slash Nuzzle House and check out our list and uh, buy books out of there and uh, we, we'll get to cash in. We're going to get rich off of our affiliate <laughs> links. Yeah. Boy, I can't wait to go look and see how much money we've made on that so far. It's got to be like $1,000 in there. Um, yeah, I haven't pulled up the dashboard for a while, but last time I checked, it was still sitting at zero. So head over to bookshop.org <laughs> slash shop slash nuzzle house and uh, buy a book. Uh, speaking of books, this cover shows uh, a sort of sassy, sassy, smirky young lady uh, kind of sticking her butt out towards this hunky guy who is wearing a tie and a collared shirt not tucked into his jeans. The tie with a shirt not tucked in seems highly offensive to me, and I don't know why. Let's move yeah, on. You're, it's because you're old. That's why. Yeah, that's probably why. Why? Do you wear a tie and you don't tuck it into your pants? Uh, no, I'm also old. No, okay. <laughs> Just not quite as old as you. You're seven years not as old as I am. 
Yes. Well, with that, let's uh, move on to our next segment. Maria, actually talk about the book. Normally, this is where you introduce the book. Last time you had a... What was your last review? I don't know if you can remember. It was very wordy. The last... Uh, yeah, have you, you seen the movie The Truman Show? <laughs> yeah, it was exactly that. Yeah. Do you got anything you want to do with the rest of the story in this? Uh, that you're going to do an overview of? Okay. Uh, so, you remember that movie The Truman Show? <laughs> yes. Do, do you remember how it ended? Because I honestly don't, so I'm not sure if the, this book ended the same way as The Truman Show did. Oh. Did it? No, not at all. Uh, the Truman okay. Show ends with him getting on a boat, uh, trying to yeah. get to the edge of the giant dome he lives under. And they, I know uh, there's like a big storm, right? Yeah, Wasn't they that? make a storm to try Ed to Harris kill him. Harris was yeah. yeah, but then he gets to the end, and then he's what does he say? Like good night and good luck. I don't remember what he says. I don't know. I like I don't remember. I remember like the storm and everything, but I don't remember the ultimate conclusion of that. Movie, it was like so. his dumb catchphrase because he was so chipper that he kept saying all the time like good good night or good morning and good night. I forget. <laughs> Are you thinking of, like, Edward R. Murrow? That's No, that was Good Night and Good Luck. But he said something. Okay, well, I thought that's what you were getting at. I mean. Now, let's, uh, well, now I gotta look it up, goddammit. 15 best quotes from the Truman Show. <laughs> well, how can you narrow it down to just 15? Yeah, I can't imagine there's any really great quotes out of that movie. Uh, they don't have it in here? Oh, here it is. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, he says as he goes through the door and escapes the dome. There we go. That was worth it. Anyways, yes. uh, in this, nothing like that happens at all. Uh, <clears throat> right off the bat, do you still hate the book? Wait, am I supposed to give the plot rundown or what? What's oh, are going you going to do it? I thought you just did it. Well, no, I was just asking if it was like the Truman Show because I didn't remember the Truman Show. Oh. Uh, no. It we established, happen. no, that's yeah. not what happened. In All right, fine. Are you, so, the, are you gonna finally do the fucking rundown? If you'll fucking let me, yeah. Well, then go on and do it. Jesus Christ. You know, your neighbors can hear you getting angry. But just shut the fuck up and let me do it. Go! Where are you drinking? I'm having a, a soda. It's a bubbly water. It's lemon hams? flavored. No. Is it hams? Oh. <laughs> yeah. I love that I deny my own alcoholism to the point where I won't call hams hams. I call it bubbly water. <laughs> it's lemon flavored bubbly water because <laughs> I'm clearly drunk. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So here's what's going on. They're uh, they're in Swickley, uh, Jess and uh, Patrick, you know, this this hunk who turns out his name is actually Kips Martin. That's right. great name. <laughs> great name. Uh, so they're escaping this uh, fake town. They find a uh, hidden door in a tree trunk and they go through some tunnel and then they escape um, out into that. Uh, turns out they're on Long Island somewhere. Uh, and the year we found out is 2037. So that answers that question. There you go. Uh, there's a boring chase through Long Island. They mm-hmm. ditch the car in a lake. Uh, they break into a house and steal some clothes. This is Jess and Patrick still there. They're on the lamb together. Mm-hmm. They uh, realize, uh, I think they have feelings for each other. Budding romance there. Budding romance. Uh, Love's got to happen somewhere. There's teens involved. Yep. So anyway, they're on the run. Uh, the whole country is aware of it because, you know, they're the Jess show. It's this, uh, hot, what's it called? Stuck in the 90s. That's the name of the show that she's yeah. on. Anyway, it's super popular. Everyone's uh, following this escape and uh, they get into New York and people are 
they, they get it spotted eventually. Uh, they're trying to do dine and dash in a restaurant. That doesn't work. They get live streamed. They run. Uh, some guy shoots Patrick. Yep. Uh, they go up to the roof of this building, and then they break into an apartment and hatch some scheme with this stranger girl who's a big fan of the show, and then they escape. And uh, they end up getting away at the end with uh, her... What was her fake sister on the show, Sarah, who they killed off? And then yep. <clears throat> Sarah's uh, real mom, who was her nurse on the show. Anyway, so yeah, Patrick and Jess and Sarah and uh, I don't remember what the mom's name is. So no, I forgot. Whatever. Yeah. Sarah's mom. Anyway, the four of them escape. And then uh, this other girl that uh, they broke into the apartment and stole her clothes and hatched the scheme to get away. She's just apparently is going to go on the show and take Jess's place. Like, okay, so anyway. Well, well, well. We'll just have to read the next two books in the trilogy to find out what happens. Nah, probably not. Um, no, probably not. I so I still don't hate it. I uh, I so when, with like the Truman Show, the idea being they crafted this show just for this one tiny baby, and they want to do the experiment of like watching this person grow up all the way until presumably when they're an old man and they die, and it's all made into a show and everyone gets to watch it. This one, I did like the twist of there's a whole bunch of shows like this, except that most of the other shows, everyone knows they're on a show and they're just kind of living in the time period they're supposed to be in and playing their part, more or less. She is the only show where the parents realized when they had their kid uh, that we, we, we don't have to tell this kid that they're on a show. And so they did. Well, I think it's, it seemed like this was kind of the first show is what they made it sound like. Well, they um, did make it clear there's other shows, but they, they but they. Yeah, but it sounded like this was the first one. Oh, OK. Well, the other shows, everyone knows they're on a show. This is the first show yeah. where somebody doesn't know that they're in a show. And that's what makes it highly unethical. But I think it's the first of the genre. And that kind of makes sense, because if you do the math, if it's 2037 when this book is set and Jess is 17, that means she was born in 2020. So, mm-hmm. you know. Well, there you go. You see, you see what the author did there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, so that part I thought was more uh, interesting and not so dumb. Like the Truman Show was just kind of dumb. Like just like here's our premise, and there's nothing deeper than that. This one, the author did actually go as far as like, well, this is this is an unethical show because they didn't tell the person, but legally it's still covered like all the other shows are, and blah blah blah. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, also, that America is completely poverty stricken. And people love these shows because they have access to it for free and it, get, it allows them an escape. So Patrick, or what's his name, Nibs? Kips. Kips. K-I-P-P-S. Yes. Kips Martin. There's cottage Kips. industries around this because Kips uh, and his family had tried to get on the show multiple times. And they have a show just like America's Got Talent or whatever. Uh, where yep. people have to do song and dance and perform and then see if they get voted on. And so that's its own little side industry or side side, side entertainment. And uh, so he finally gets on and he's always loved the show because of the escape it provides. Like he mentions, I remember watching once where you were playing in the backyard when you first found your dog and just the, the great memories I have of that. So there's like an emotional yeah. thing that everyone has because otherwise they turn off the TV, they look around and everything's just like poverty stricken and people are starving. So, yeah, and I think those are, I think there were like two kind of mean points of that. There's one that, yeah, the economic collapse and inequality, because there's still, they're, they made it clear there's still some people who are doing pretty well for themselves, but there's oh, a yeah. big gulf. Basically, the middle class is gone. You're either rich or you're poor. Yep, exactly. And, and, the, and the economy's kind of in shambles. And I think the other point of the book was kind of a critique of 
social media and people just being on their devices all the time. That seemed to be the other yeah, they definitely, that theme was of the book. So heavy-handed, because every time when they're trying to escape New York yeah. or whatever, they would run into places and nobody would recognize them at first or for the most part because they're always looking at their phones and everything. Yeah, yeah. It's not that they wouldn't recognize them. It's that they wouldn't even look at them because they yeah. were just looking at screens. They, yeah, So exactly. they could just, like, slip by undetected. So I think that was the other thing. So I got to give the author credit. Uh, it wasn't just some sort of weird recreation of the Truman Show. It kind of took the Truman Show and fleshed it out a little bit more, I think, making it slightly more believable and not just a premise and premise only. So I was like, well, that's not bad. So I didn't hate it as I was completing or finishing reading it. After ditching this car uh, in a lake at a golf course, they wind up traveling on foot to some weird little like cabin thing. There's like a series of cabins. They find one that's safe to break well, I into. I don't know if they're cabins. I think it was a series of like mansions, and they broke into the like pool house of one of them. Oh, that's what it was. Or the guest house. house or something. Yeah, yeah. it was a guest house. I just remember it being like a tiny home. Um, and so then there's beer in there, and they hung out. They had their little teen moment where they kind of got tipsy, and she realizes like they never had alcohol in her fake world. So that's why she never got drunk when she drank a lot, and uh, just other things she learned. And then they watched stuff on TV to learn more about her situation. And I love that um, one of the characters from Saved by the Bell is the talk show Yeah, host. Mario Lopez, A.C. Slater. That's it. It's like She's like, A.C. Slater is so old now and so gross. <laughs> I kind of yeah. like that, that she suddenly is just like blipped into this world where everyone's disgusting and old to her. Yeah, that was the, the, I think she had talked about that with... Uh, There's another actor, yeah. Yeah, Scott Wolf uh, from Party of Five, who was oh. like 70 years old at this time. That's, yeah. So, uh... And so all of that seemed okay for me. And then uh, it's them getting to the city, and then they wind up breaking into this, like, girl's apartment, uh, which is completely... Yeah, Mims. Yeah, winds up completely... Why, what's with these weird names? Kips and Mims? I, I thought that was anyway. weird, too. I just kind of didn't question it at that point. Uh, but, yeah, maybe it's supposed to be future names? I don't know. <laughs> well, but, no, is that what people are naming their kids right now? Because, I mean, these people would be born around right now, so... Now let's look up are, Mims. Are young parents naming their, their daughters Mims and their sons Kips? Yeah, I'm going to go to babycenter.com to see the most popular baby names of 2020. That's babycenter.com. Enter the promo code <laughs> BOOKBOYS at checkout for 20% off your first baby. <laughs> you finding Nims? Uh, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of good information on here. There's a, there's a link, getting pregnant. Huh, I wonder how that works. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks. There's a resource that you can actually finally learn about that. Uh, this only has the top 100, and I'm not seeing Nims on here, or Kips for that matter. Top 100 boys and girls. Well, I'm going to chalk it up to future names. So they oh, number, into, uh, number 90 for boys coming in hot is Malachi. All right. Ooh, that's like what you'd name a falcon. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyways, they bust into this girl's room, and the girl has made it look identical to... Uh, Jess's, Jess's room. room yeah. Yeah. And so then she tries to barter with her and has this whole scheme of like, okay, we're going to make some videos of me saying stuff. But then as we're running, you're going to slowly release the videos so that it throws everyone off our tracks. And also you're going to dress like me and start walking towards Central Park where everyone's going to be gathered. Thanks to the videos they're making. Uh, saying, time, Times Square. Oh, is it Times Square? I thought it was Central Park. Yeah, it's so, Times Square. Times Square. Uh, so the girl is dressed like her, starts walking in Times Square, and she's supposed to release these videos you know, one at a time. And everyone at this point, it's like a giant chase scene. The whole city is leaning out the window trying to capture video of her if they can because there's a huge reward. So this is a decoy, and it works for them. And they finally get picked up by the fake sister. And as they're 
running away or whatever, they find out that this girl uh, is just suddenly being accepted by the parents as if she's real because her head's kind of down and her hair is covering her face. So no one knows if it's really her or not yet. She didn't release the other videos saying, screw you, I'm not coming back. She just kept that one. And uh, it looks like she's probably going to be replace, uh, replacing Jess on the show. And that's how it ends. So, yep. Um, Kips is not one of the top 1,000 names. I wouldn't imagine it would be. It's a weird name. Well, I'm talking uh, yeah, about the future name, Ben. What you're trying to do is you're trying to get names or uh, the, the status or popularity of a name that hasn't been invented yet. Well, again, if you do the math, Kips would have been born in 2020. Well, maybe five people in all of America have named their kid Kips. Uh, and we just don't know about them yet. Because, yeah, rounding out the top 1,000, according to this site I'm on, are Seven, Stone, and Rome. So Wait, it's less popular than those three, apparently. Someone named their kid Seven? Enough people named their kid Seven that it's on the, it's ranked on the list? Yeah, it's ranked number 998. What? Why would you name... What huh? the hell? It's a number. What's the number? Seven? So, oh, I, thought, I didn't know if you meant 998. Or am I, mis- or am I mishearing you? So, like, Seven with, like, two Bs? Or is it S-E-V? No, no, it's just, it's just the number seven. Yeah, seven. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Hey, lucky number seven. All right, I bet you it's higher ranked than uh, 13. You wouldn't name your kid 13, would you? But seven, yeah. Yeah, what you would. You, what do you nickname? What's his nickname growing up? What do the Se- fellas call him on the sandlot? Sevy. Sevy? <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Well, anyways, so that... Uh, let me get my goddamn notes back. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm playing one-handed here, just like when I'm all by myself. Um, so, Ben, do you got anything yeah. for what sucked? Yeah, I think my stuff is more for what the hell than what sucked. Yeah, I don't really have anything for what sucked. Uh, for me, I was just like, I, know. I, I was hoping it would be bigger and, and grander, but really, it's a book for teens, so I don't know why I was expecting so much. But I didn't, I still didn't hate it. I read it, and I was like, no, this isn't bad. I was entertained. I know. I was, I was hoping I was going to hate it more. Just. To yeah. give us something to talk about. I didn't hate it enough. I think I liked it more than uh, the follow-up to the Golden Compass. What was that book? I forgot. Like, the Book of Dust? What was it again? I can't... Or no, the La Belle Sauvage. Sauvage. I like this more than I like La Belle Sauvage. So, kudos to the author on that. Because <laughs> this book was uh, far more entertaining, and I didn't have to think about it, and I was just kind of enjoying it or whatever. Uh, La Belle Sauvage, I was just constantly annoyed the entire time. So what do you have under what the hell? Well, a couple of things. I um, In this future, this dystopian future where the economy is in shambles, I question that it would be so easy to walk into a car dealership and just like start up an electric car and drive it out of the showroom to steal it. True. Yeah, I, I, I feel the same like there would be some sort of safeguard that. On yep. a related note, I think if you're going to a restaurant and they just have like a, a tablet at each table where you order your food from, I think they would be taking your payment information first and not um, waiting until they were going to do a dine and dash because he thought they could just like eat and then just not press the button to close out their tab. And oh, sure. Leave. Yeah. And like, I'm pretty sure they're you, like, they're going to hold your uh, payment information. They're going to like start a tab for you where they're not just going to. Okay. Well, I agree with yeah, you. Yeah. Just, just stuff like that. Like stuff that wasn't done there. Like, I don't think that's how it would actually work. Yeah. Yes. And I agree with you about the dine and dash thing. Um, but in reality, like, uh, like a, over a year ago, uh, my kids wanted to go to Applebee's for some reason. So we went to Applebee's. Because like, uh, they're, were they being ironic or something? 
No, it was just nearby the shoe place where we had to go buy them shoes. And they're like, we're hungry. There's Applebee's, right? So we went to Applebee's. And you pay at the this weird iPad-ish wannabe thing. Uh, it's almost like a like a like Amazon Fire tablet. Like it's just this small yeah. clunky thing. And you pay on that, but you don't pay until you're done. And I think they do that because in case you got a problem with your food or something, then they can adjust it if they need to. Uh, but so I agree. Well, with you. I, I think it would be similar to like if you go to a bar. So it, it, again, this is like supposed to be taking place in the year 2037s. Um, yeah. I would think that you would have to just like swipe your card to even. Yeah. Yeah. To be like, like start the menu, yeah, yeah. I, to even like unlock the device. No, and I was going to say that I agree with you because of the economy of this future. Um, that yeah. they wouldn't trust anybody. Like you have to pay up front or be available. Like we got to see how much credit yeah. you have to begin with. So I would, yeah, I agree with you. Um, but uh, and also you just thing, wouldn't trust anyone to like their attention span. They're a bunch of dimwits on their devices all the time. They'll just fucking forget to pay. That's to true. Pay. They'll get up and walk away because it's so dumb. People, yeah. their noses are always buried in those goddamn screens, Ben. Yeah. Um, but also, I agree with you on the car thing, um, just because I was like, well, we have cars now, like I think Teslas and stuff, but also other models before Tesla can be shut down remotely by the police if they need to, if your car gets stolen. Yeah. Um, so and there's also like tracking like because you already had GPS on the car to begin with. So they have tracking devices to find out where the car has gone and everything. So it's a lot harder to steal cars than it used to be. Well, and they even talked about that. In the It's like, well. Boy, I hope they didn't turn on the tracking on this one. Yeah, they were saying, like, like, well, we, we might have a little bit before they do it. But it's like, no, they, it would have just been initiated right away. Uh, like, as soon as the but, car is But on, again, I don't think it would have even gotten to that point. I don't think the car dealerships of the future are going to let somebody just hop into a car that's sitting in the showroom floor and, like, start it up and drive away. I think there'd be some sort of safety oh, feature to yeah, prevent that. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's any of those cars that have, like, the near-field communications, like, you are you have to have the key fob in your pocket to even have the car start kind of thing. Like, it's yeah. got to be within, like, a foot of the ignition, whatever. So, yes, I understand all that, and I totally agree with you, but at the same time, I know enough about technology that I'm a huge dork, so that my first thought is, there's no way you can get that car off the showroom floor, and then they did, and nah. I'm like, well, this is an author that probably just... It, not that they don't know enough. It's just that I know too much and I'm a nerd. That's all I wrote it up to. And apparently you are too, because you saw you thought the same goddamn things. You're an anal little neckbeard. Well, no, I think a lot of the readers would think that too. I don't. I think the author isn't giving her readers enough credit here. I think, whereas you and I know that our phones are constantly tracking us, no matter what we try to turn off to prevent it from happening. It's just going on anyways. Uh, that also that information's out there. Most people don't think that their phones track them as much as they do, or track their habits, or who they talk to, and all that kind of junk. But you and I know that most people don't. They just think their phones are like a little island. Like, well, if I just turn it off, no one's able to see what I'm doing. Yeah. I think it's just that we know too much is what that boils down to. But I do agree with you. Uh, but otherwise, Once again, yeah. the book boys are too smart for their own good. We're too smart for these people, Ben. I don't even know why we're doing this show. We're, we should just be writing our own. I've thought about that. <laughs> I thought it would be hilarious if you and I tried to write our own young adult fiction, like tongue in cheek. I, thought, I thought you already were. Oh, no. What I'm writing, oh. no one will read. It's too horrible. It's too pretentious, <laughs> it's too ridiculous, and just too confusing. Uh, it's it's fun to write, and then I will burn it when I'm done. But you and I should seriously sit down and try to write our own. Every young adult fiction trope we can think of, we roll into this thing that we're writing. And I want to take that cute last name. What was that cute last name? Wiberly. Yeah. I'll be Glenn Wiberly. <laughs> 
Perfect. Instead of what's not to love, we'll call it what's not to like. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Um, I don't know. It was it was the story was fleshed out enough where it didn't feel like it was kind of taking the concept of uh, that movie and just kind of making it a little bit more believable and it's going it's went in its own direction enough where it doesn't feel like it's just kind of ripping off the movie or something I don't know so I was fine with it as far as you know teen literature goes it didn't bother me what's your uh, yeah, what's your I thing was kind of say it was fine I was less annoyed with the second half than with the first half so yeah was, for sure it was fine it was inoffensive it was yeah like I said I wished it I was hoping it was going to be worse because I, I didn't I didn't hate it enough yeah uh and also, I think not knowing very much about the author helps because there's a lot of information about, uh, you know, the Golden Compass author and everything where you see how pretentious that person is. That by the time you're like, OK, I'm going to read this book, it better be freaking good because you think you're really, really intelligent. And then you're like, ah, oh, there's so many problems with this book. So this person's like, eh, I know nothing about you. You wrote teen literature. It seems fine. It was entertaining. I didn't I enjoyed reading it. And then that's it. I can move on with my life. Uh, would we recommend it? Nah, I don't know. Maybe, kind of. I would. Not, not for me, but... To a teen. Yeah. To a teen, sure. Yeah. Why not? Uh, I think my daughters are probably... Eh, I think my kids could read it and enjoy it. So, yeah, I'd recommend it. I have two teens. I'm going to recommend it to my teens. Why don't you go out and find some teens and talk to them about this book? <laughs> yeah, that... There's nothing that could go wrong with that. Yeah, go out to the lakes or the park or whatever and just be like, hey, teens, come here. <laughs> Book for the, I think you'd enjoy. <laughs> well, let's move on to Ben's Corner. Uh, do you have a thing you want to read? Yeah, so I, I picked out a uh, passage here where they, they've they uh, broken out of the town of, I don't know, Swickley? Is that what this town yeah, is called? Yeah, Swickley. It's Swickley. Yeah, okay. You know that if you watch the show. <laughs> the show was stuck in the 90s. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, so they've escaped from Swickley. Um, they went to that car dealership and stole the car somehow, even though that shouldn't be possible. Let it go, nerd. Uh, the, <laughs> the, car ran out of, the car ran out of batteries, so they ditched it in a lake in a golf course and fled the scene of the accident and uh, ended up broke it, breaking into a, a guest house of a large mansion there on, on Long Island. So Yeah, we talked about that the, already. Huh? Yeah, we already went over all that. Yeah, I know. So that's that's why we're picking this up. So so they're in the guest house uh, foraging for supplies or food or whatever. And, uh, it's Kips and Jess in here. <laughs> Kips. Kips. <laughs> yeah. Kips. She held up a bag of pretzels and a six-pack of Heineken. It wasn't much, but it was something. He examined the top of the bag and scrunched his nose. <laughs> the expiration date was in 2035. Not ideal. Sounds fine for a girl from 1998. <laughs> I opened the bag and tried one. They didn't. They really didn't taste stale. I'll pass out the beer, though. It doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> Kip stood and hugged the six-pack of beer to his chest. Well, I think you'll feel differently about these. These are very, very special, Jess. <laughs> they have alcohol in them. And roofies, the way you're making them sound like he's saying it. <laughs> I tried to read his expression, not sure if he was joking. You're telling me I've never actually had alcohol? <laughs> Hold on. I gotta... <laughs> okay. The way you said alcohol. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> Every single drink I've had was a fake. 
Correct. I was going to say something about the wine coolers Amber always lifted from her basement fridge, but then I realized they were part of the set, too. It was all part of the set, and they couldn't give us alcohol with millions of people watching. It was weird to think the actors might have been pretending to be drunk when they weren't. Or maybe they actually were drunk, and they just snuck in their own liquor supply. I'd spent so many parties surveying the room, wondering why I wasn't laughing as loud as the rest of them. Why didn't I ever feel like dancing on the couch or sliding down Jen Klein's banister? Mm-hmm. So, Chris Arnold, <laughs> I said out loud, not really talking to Kips, to anyone. Not a drinker. He's just that good. Plays a wasted dude like nobody's business. Kips cracked it, opened a can and passed it to me. He opened one for himself and clinked it against mine. To your first real drink. I'm sure it would be better cold, but us scavengers can't be picky. The first sip tasted like the non-alcoholic version, but when I swallowed it down, it stung a little bit. I didn't mind that it was room temperature. We were in robes, and with the stove going for the past half hour, the place suddenly felt cozy, comfortable. This isn't your first drink? (laughs) I'd sneak one every now and then from my parents' supply. At some point, they stopped saying anything about it. It tastes just as bad as the non-alcoholic kind, (laughs) I said. Except it's kind of worth it. Oh, my God. I love it. Both times you said alcohol was so bizarre and twisted, it blew my mind. But then also, you I think you said, like, I forgot what you said, but when you said it, it echoed through your entire apartment. <laughs> You're like, this has got alcohol or whatever. And it's just like, and I could hear it echoing. It was amazing. <laughs> Your poor neighbors. Yeah, um, they're used to it by now. Well, let's move on to the wrap up. Uh-huh. Well, Ben, uh, that's the end of This Is Not The Jess Show by Anna Carey. Anna Carey. Uh, ultimately, uh, a great success. Uh, what are we going to read next time? I don't know. We need to figure that out, don't we? Yeah, we probably do. Let's take a um, look. We got... Uh, I got Midnight Sun hanging there, waiting, <laughs> and I refuse to be a part of it. Damn it. All right, because I don't... The only one I have on my shelf right now is the next Philip Pullman one after that last one I read, which Chris I know App. you're... Huh? Yeah, Chris App. Uh, so I can put it in an order for something else, but I, I'm not sure what. Yeah, and I could use the break. Uh, so you put... We'll figure out what the next book is. Uh, you put in an order for it. Uh, so, you know, let's take a day or two, look it around. We'll figure it out. I mean, okay. heck, we could always get What's Not to Love by Austin Sigmund-Broca and Emily Wibberly. Well, that doesn't even come out till the 20th, though, right? Eh, crap, you're right. Well, in either case, uh, we'll find something new to read, uh, but then that'll give me time to read Jerusalem by Alan Moore, a book that he wrote claiming that he can force us to understand uh, how to perceive the fourth dimension and thereby bring about the end of the world. I am... <laughs> My, oh my. Yeah, he's doing all sorts of really weird, pretentious shit in there. Like, uh, one character talks to what's supposed to be probably an angel or something, some higher dimensional being, but it only talks to him in fragments of words. Uh, 
So like the first three or four letters of every word and you got to figure out what they're saying, but then the rest of the word will wind up being part of another word, which means that it'll, it'll have a different meaning. And so then that way, the entire sentence has three different layers of meaning. If you can decipher all this shit. So I'm sitting there reading it and going through and deciphering it. Cause I guess, I guess in the fourth dimension, people still use their mouths to talk and, uh, and it's real pretentious. And they're all very annoying. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. And once I understand what pretension and annoyance is, uh, it'll help bring about the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> but it is very interesting, so I'm enjoying reading that. So I need time to read that, damn it. All right. So we'll figure out something else. All right, so the book boys might not be back for a few weeks, and I guess we got to sort yeah, this I'll take- out. Okay. I'll start taking a look tomorrow and see what I can pull up that we might be able to read. And then if you get any time, you can do that too. And then we'll kind of decide what goes on the master list. And then you order them up and then we'll, we'll do that. But yeah, I'm not ready for Philip Pullman again. I need a break. Yeah, I didn't think so. That's, that's fine. So, um, yeah, we'll come up with something. All right. Well, with that, uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you in like, three weeks or something sometime maybe maybe we could do two weeks but yeah probably oh three seems right i don't know bookshop.org have an emergency shipping uh option Uh, (laughs) like i need this tomorrow and then there's some guy named phil in the warehouse the bookshop.org warehouse going oh oh boy (laughs) oh the nozzle house shop needs a book (laughs) whoa holy Carl! Oh, one of my pillows fell down. Well, okay, let's wrap up the show. <laughs> if you liked what you heard on this episode of The Book Boys, how about you check out the website? Go over to nuzzlehouse.com. There you can see all of the previous episodes of The Book Boys, as well as Glenn's other project, Leaves of Glenn. Also there, there's a link to our affiliate shop at bookshop.org. It's bookshop.org slash shop slash nuzzlehouse. Bookshop.org is on a mission to financially support independent booksellers. Also, find us and follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Insta. Now, careful, this one's a little backwards. We're there at House Nuzzle, not Nuzzle House. That's House Nuzzle on Twitter and Instagram. Go ahead and slide into our DMs if you have any praise or suggestions or complaints. We'll take anything. Please just pay attention to us and interact with us. Thank you for listening.